Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Peter Escho podcast. Now, last time I sat down with my business partner, Dom, and we spoke briefly about our experience in London and what we've learned building our business. My guest today is very, very special because I actually sat down with him as a mentor a few years ago and I said, hey dude, I've got plans to build this business. What do we do and where do we go? And he is Frankie Chamaki, somebody that I know from a young age, which we'll talk about, somebody that I look up to and somebody who's doing fantastic things in business. So Frankie, welcome to the podcast. Oh God, thank you, Pete. I'm actually privileged, really, really privileged um, to be here. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. So who is Frankie Chamaki and what does he do? Well, look, it's a, it's a long journey. I don't know how long we've got here, but um, I would start by saying, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and I think I started when I was really young where I tried to reinvent the the mousetrap, um, and since then I knew that if I can use my mind to solve problems and get some value, which is, you know, it could be satisfaction, it could be money, it could be just, you know, um, aspirational, um, that I can actually move, take my mind and, and direct it to better purposes. So since then, I've um, moved into diverse roles from corporate to startup to having my own little things on the side. But it's all about, you know, for me, it's about making a difference. So that's actually my career uh, mission is to make a difference. And I hope that everything I do um, does that. So it's been, um, so I started off um, graduating from Macquarie University. Went to Cabramatta High School, so shout out to the people who went out to uh, the, the we'll West. We'll touch on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Cabramatta to here, right? Yeah, I know, it's a long way. <laughs> well, 40 minutes, not that far. <laughs> um, I, go, I actually go there every fortnight to visit the folks there, my nieces and my brother. Um, yeah, so, you know, then went over to, um, went studied at Macquarie in um, Bachelor of Commerce and Marketing, um, and um, then got my first gig at AMP. Um after doing another internship at Macquarie um, at uh, Cornwall Bank, and I thought I was, you know, I'll go back to it, but I went through the application. I didn't. I was like, shit, I didn't, I didn't get that wow. job. Um, then, yeah, uh, AMP for about um, fifteen years, but in between that, I had a lot of different roles, uh, both internally and externally. Um, you know, from a, a business analyst to a market analyst to an online e-business um, sort of consultant to a product manager, application manager, and then design thinking and strategy. And that really um, sort of I found my place there in, in strategy innovation. Again, because if you think about uh, my career mission um, to make a difference, um, innovation by definition is, is often referred to as um, creating something of value. Mm. Uh, and so value means having a difference um, than the status quo. So that's why I, I you know, um, naturally graduated towards, um, towards strategy Providing foot, footprint or you know a mindset a, a pathway and innovation is the way um, you can go about creating that new value. It's really interesting. Uh, I'll just jump in that you know you went and studied business, um, and then you're working in a business and you found all these problems within the business or the business had these problems, and you having that inquisitive mind from a young kid looking at solving things actually morphed into a role to solve business problems would that would that be an accurate way of describing it exactly i mean it's it's interesting because and if you have kids um or you're raising kids is the question is uh, and it's going to be important we will touch on ai having critical thinking creative thinking is going to be the key skill sets required for um younger folks um to compete against um you know the next next revolution which is cognitive revolution so we're going to outsource essentially before we need to outsource human 
physical labour. Now we'll be outsourcing uh, cognitive labour to what I call a new species of thinking. So, um, yeah, exactly. This this um, intuitive uh, this 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 first for um, finding out how things work and then making it better, uh, making a difference has been an important mantra in my personal life. So I remember catching the train with you as a young guy that just finished university from Fairfield Station. You know, you were you were working in AMP in those days and, you know, you were somebody that I used to look up to and, and you know, you were old, slightly older generation than, than I was. How did you go from um, AMP to where you are today? So what was that journey, maybe phase two of Frankie's career like? Um, well, in I was about five years into strategy innovation at, at AMP. Then um, I got an email from Singapore Coca Cola, um, and this um, I never forget her name, Lawrence. I think her name was, um, and she she said that hey, we got this new role um, at, out of the blue, out of the blue. Um, and I said, oh okay, yeah, thanks for thanks for the interest. Can you? They didn't even have a job description. Just say, are you interested in this particular? We want you. Yeah. Uh, and I said, why, why, how'd you find, you know, why me? Yeah. You know? And she said, um, we've been looking at um, your blog. So they're, you know, they're like social media. But wow. Uh, yeah. And also we're looking at your uh, LinkedIn in terms of your profile. So you had a good mix of entrepreneurship, design thinking and uh, startup thinking. Amazing. And some of your uh, actual startups, you know, some, most of them failures, but nevertheless, uh, um, I call them learnings. And yeah, then th- it was a four months interview process with wow. Coke. Um, so this is Coca Cola. Coca Cola Atlanta. So Atlanta, the, the parent company. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but Coca Cola is a franchise model. So they're still the the rights and the f- uh, of the syrup and branding rights to a bottler, and the bottler in Australia happens to be the Coca Cola Amatel, which mm-hmm. is a listed company. But in the US, there's many companies, um, bottlers like Consolidated, Reyes. They're actually independent bodies, but they have um, exclusive license for geographical locations. So we're talking about the mothership, the mothership. right? That Warren Buffett's invested in. Exactly. The yeah. one that 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 that. Runs the show every time you open up a bottle of Coke, has reached out to you because you decided to put yourself out there and put your thoughts out there in a blog uh, and LinkedIn. There must have been early days on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, it's it's important, like even for your audience that are young and trying to get ever to create your own business or get into business. It's not longer before when it's to say what you know will get you the job, and then we said who who know. Uh, People who know you gets you gets you the job, but now it's a matter of who knows what you know, mm. um, and so that's a kind of diff- that 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 line made me think. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all about building personal brand, um, and I'm a big advocate at Hivery where I'm trying to build personal brand of our staff. That you notice that if you go to our website at Hivery, a lot of the blogs and podcasts are actually from our staff because I want to build optional their personal brand because they become leaders and amplify themselves and the company in, 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 the, in the process. So, yeah, it was a, basically um, through a LinkedIn um, and um, through a blogs and uh, some of the um, uh, examples of startups I had. So she reaches out to you and says, hey, dude, the stuff – I'm paraphrasing, right? I'm sure she didn't ah. say, hey, dude, but she must have um, said, hey, the stuff you're writing is really interesting. Four months, grueling interview process. What happens next? So uh, let me just unpack a little bit of the interview process. Was yeah. interesting. Uh, it was a bit of a case study. So basically, they gave us a case study mm-hmm. um, of of a pitch of a, around a problem, and the problem was around uh, uh, water and well being. I think it was a combination, and I, I created an idea and I pitched the idea, and they wanted to see first first cut of the interview. 
was how I actually would think about creating a new business model from a challenge that faced by code. And then after that, it was a psychographical assessment online and offline. Then it was a, then the final four got into a, um, collab, uh, uh, a workshop where we had to pitch our guys to we were combined, so we're trying to find founder and uh, founders, co-founders. So I was competing, but also collaborating with my potential partner. So wow! Yeah, uh, against four people, so there were select two. Um, so and then end up being that uh, what they discovered through that process is an experiment as well is that the, what they wanted was somebody that has business um, experience uh, like you know your ex Macquarie Bank or McKinsey but somebody has design innovation experience and so we were basically in range of marriage so my business partner Jason Hoskin and I arranged marriage and they modeled us and they scaled us across uh, 10 other hubs across the globe so San Francisco went online Tel Aviv Israel uh, Singapore um, um, yeah so the, uh, a bunch of us uh, Mexico City so about 10 and so yeah we, we uh, what was interesting about this run why I liked it it was just firstly we had this ability to take these assets that the company has and now when I say assets think about this for a sec um, Coke has more trucks than UPS and FedEx combined Combined. Say that again. More trucks, yeah, distribution trucks than FedEx and UPS combined. Wow. They're in uh, more countries than any other. Um, so I think there's uh, in countries there's 195 or 196 countries. They're in 193. So two, which I think is the commonest countries they're not in. So this is a really complex business, right? Like, I mean, we think about a, bottle, a can of Coke or a bottle of Coke, but for that product to actually arrive, uh, you know, in that fridge which you're taking it from, you're saying that there's a whole network of trucks and bottling and syrup and planning and everything else. And they've reached out to you mm, yeah. and asked you to solve a problem having not met you uh, but read your stuff. And then where does it go from there? So um, once we got the, uh, on board, um, we started framing two, two areas that we want to explore. Um, yep. So remember... Uh, there is. I want to just give you a quick snapshot of Let's innovation. So there's often called the, the McKenzie made this up the the free horizons, uh, you know, growth horizons. So seventy twenty ten. So seventy percent of your innovation happens about um, around uh, optimizing the existing business model. Mm -hmm. So you're selling Coke, or let's use example Google because yep. everybody knows about Google. So um, seventy percent of Google's efforts, innovation efforts, is all about optimizing the algorithms and maybe um, innovation around the algorithm to make it much more effective uh, for you to search and find your content. The next twenty percent is what we call is um, sort of. Um, leveraging the business model so that we, we move from 70% of optimizing the business model to 20% uh, leveraging the business model. So in, in the context of Google, it's all about um, acquiring, say, YouTube um, the back then, right? Yep. Because it was, it's still a search but in the context of, of a video. And similar with Coke, um, they had 70% innovation happening to Coke beverages, like, you know, flavors and, and different marketing concepts, you know. But the next 20%, they actually were creating a new um, freestyle machine, a vending machine that dispenses 160 flavors using microdosing from the cancer medical field. Wow. So that's that's 20%, right? It's some, some of the business model is unknown. The other aspects of the business model, like the distribution is known. And what's the 10%? The temp so it's yeah so it's, uh, the ten percent is the X factor so where the business model is completely new, no nothing is known about this business. It's, it's a new business model completely. Often called Horizon Three, where the business model is, hasn't been created. It's a new one. It could actually disrupt business model um, um, seventy percent business. It can go back and disrupt that. It's, 
So that's where you're looking at from a Google perspective, your Google car. Um, so remember mm. Google car came out. Now it's got its own company. It was an experiment. It, was, it didn't relate it to the company's core business or adjacency businesses. It was actually creating a new business model. So, and in, with Coke as well, that's what we were uh, placed upon, is that we, they were asked us to focus on, on the 10%. So we, they have 700,000 uh, associates working on the 70 and 20. They wanted somebody to focus on the 10%, which is a new business model. And what we did, um, notice that when you create a new business model, you need a different framework to solve that or come up with ideas. So a lean startup is essentially a, de- a process by which you de-risk your business model because um, 70 and the 20 percent, um, uh, it's all about, you know, 70 percent maybe is like, you know, um, Six Sigma. It's optimization. There's frameworks there that you can use. The 20 percent you can use pilots. Yeah. Because you know, some aspects is new. Others, you know, you want to try something in branches or you want to try something in distribution. It's it's experiment, but it's it's contained. But in the last... 10%, nothing is known. The pricing structure, the value proposition, you don't know what you're solving for. And so you need a new framework. So a lean startup in an experimental way, an adaptive learning way, tends to be the most effective way. So you can invest a little, learn, and then invest even more. That's similar to what I talked about when we met a couple of years ago around your ideas. Just, man, get your idea up, validate, and don't spend too much time or energy. I often call this is be lazy about your idea. I mean, yep. yeah, if you've got an idea, yeah, just experiment, see how you go. The cheaper, the faster you do, the, le- the more the key concept is learning along the way, which we talk about. So, yeah, um, and the a- area that... Um, um, we were interested it was and we had two ideas but I'll just focus on Hyvery is data I mean we started this um, exploring this in 2013 I don't know you remember 2000 I remember I came uh, and caught up with you when you were in a coke building in North Sydney and I was like far out this is a really nice building What's Frankie working on? I think you were called, was it called Red Garage? Yeah, that's so we, um, after a year of um, working in Coca-Cola, we couldn't innovate because remember um, you, they were focusing on us, on forcing us to be um, in the 20%. Um, and think about that, that you cannot create a new business model within a business model. So I've actually read an interesting book called um, Disruptive Innovation by Clayton Christensen. Yeah. And he touches on that, right? He says that, um, existing businesses cannot innovate because of the prejudices that come with it, or they're less, or not that they can't, but they're less effective in creating disruptive innovation. And what you touch on is that example in real life. Yeah, I mean, there's been many cases where companies like you can think of a Borders bookstore um, or even um, um, Blockbuster. What happens is that uh, executives in, in tables and in, in meetings, they said, well, this is a great idea. Netflix is coming in here to pitch us for, and that's what happens, a real story about Netflix and uh, a business that actually would disrupt their own business, okay? Um, so what do you mean by disruptive? Well, we have these stores, mm. these physical stores that we've got staff. That we don't need you, Netflix. We've yeah. got stores you yeah. don't. Yeah, so, so okay, now they're saying so that, but Netflix is going to disrupt that. So either <laughs> you're going to join and be disrupted or get disrupted. So That's right. And Coke had a great uh, view on that. So, look, we, we, we don't want to be disrupted. Mm. Uh, we want to get disrupted by somebody that we own at least. Yeah. Um, and so the journey began is, and the asset that we were interested, like I said, was data. Um, and back in 2013, um, there was a lot of talk about big data, but nobody knew how to leverage it because people knew the mindset, a human mindset or human constructs, such as your business intelligence teams that come in and provide insights. Big data is not about insights. It's actually leveraging to create a new thinking that allows you to actually make actions out of it. So long story short, 
people discovered that, hey, if we get the machine to learn and discover new patterns, it might recommend new ways of thinking. And so that's what uh, machine learning is, or uh, AI. M- by the way, machine learning is a, um, is a subset of AI. AI is a broad term to cover robotics, image recognition, natural language processing. They're all a family of AI. We happen to do one branch of it. Robotics is actually another part of AI. Uh, we do machine learning um, specifically. And so that in 2013, there was all new concepts, uh, really. While machine learning has been around since the 50s, Actually, you know, like it's been around for hey, it's only now the combination of a lot of power, uh, um, sort of C- CPU power, and a lot of data. I think uh, um, it's Marcus, not Microsoft, IBM quoted that um, the world's ninety um, percent uh, of the world's data was created in the last few years, ninety percent, and you know, it's, and it's like continuing to grow. Uh, and so, how do you leverage this? Because the conventional methods and process today do not answer it. You can't use it. You can't apply um, a BI intelligence team to come up with. It's, it's too much. The variety, velocity, yep. the volume is just too much. So let me paraphrase, right? If I step back, would it be fair to say Coke approaches you uh, and your business partner, puts you together, and then gives you gives you the task of building the machine to interpret all their data so that they, from this process, can discover the unknown thing that's going to help them become a business success in the future. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They, they you know, to, to their credit, they, they they invested in this. They invested, said that, you know, I don't know, it's, it's similar to that movie. I, I, I use this in my presentation as well, but if anyone's seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, yeah. it's actually a book. great movie. Yeah, and you know that, that scene where the, the, the Boston uh, Red Sox was trying to pitch him um, to come to join and do apply his model. His words were that if companies are not tearing down teams, are not tearing down their operations and using your model, they're dinosaurs. Mm. And that and Coke and these companies that actually want to innovate, they don't want to be dinosaurs because, like I said, if either you're going to get disrupted or be disrupted, you can choose. Um, and so we, they rather they get disrupted by, by at least own or be part of that journey. So what's your business look like today? I mean, uh, we're talking, you, you guys started when was it, 2013, did you say? 2014. Uh, sorry, 2015 we started the company, Hivery. Yeah. Um, um, st- but I joined um, because we were exploring ideas. The the ex- Coca-Cola Accelerator, which we helped build for Coke, then then they modelled us across the globe. and Because we were a pilot. We were yep. Actually, Australia was a pilot. Um, yeah, so 2000, uh, I was, I think, I think we actually incorporated a company in April of 2015, but actually started a commercial contracts in June of 2015. So we've been around for, yeah, just um, four, four or five years. And so what's your business look like today? So we started um, with about five people, which is two of the, or the five founders. Um, yep. we, we got um, IP, in, we, the company, just so you know, um, is, is investors at the moment, but we just under, we just signed, about to sign a term sheet a new investor that's coming oh congratulations that's yeah, awesome yeah we're getting um i can say we're getting about six uh, just over six mil injection to fantastic yeah. um so um we the, our investors at the moment is the coca-cola company atlanta and also csro data 61 um, okay so those people don't know it's interesting csro invented wi-fi so the wi-fi that we use every day you know, yep. came from australia so there are two uh, marquee investors, and now we've got a third one coming in. Um, what we do, we started. Um, what we do is solve the problem around um, um, returning um, space in retail. Um, and it's kind of really broad um, sort of term, but think about Coca Cola. An example: Coke has three thousand five hundred tops of beverages. 
Okay, so think about this Coke, Diet Coke, then there's container types, there's plastics, there's yep. different sizes. How do you hell do you determine what to put into a vending machine or mm. shelf space? Like actual the actual um, training profile, that, that beverage, that particular container type could be glass in this in restaurant, you know. That's what we do. We use machine learning, um, but also we combine it with um, operations research. So that's why our team consists of um, machine learning, reinforcement learning guys, um, AI guys, and also um, applied math, operations research, um, their PhDs in, in their field. And we started with five, um, three of which were technical founders um, from CSRO, the actual data scientists, and two business people, which is Coke, um, myself and Jason. Um, and then we now have um, 40 and um, we're recruiting another 13 for this year and another... Um, about 20. So all up, we're going to recruit another 32 on that has been budgeted for um, about 40 now. We're in Japan, Tokyo, and we're just opening up offices. We're finalising how the structure for the US office. That's amazing. So I remember coming down and visiting you and Jason. I think it was two of you. Um, and today you're a team, you know, hitting... 70 people would yeah. you say by mid next year by mid next year we'll be uh, hopefully yeah that's why we, that's why we uh, you asked me have you been this space yeah, we have re- just a couple of weeks ago because we we're trying to look at um you know a, a space that would help help facilitate that 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 growth that's awesome man well congratulations i'm really really proud of you i'm sure a lot of the listeners um are, are really proud of you you're a really understated guy uh, and that's why i wanted to get you on a podcast because you're a wealth uh, of information you're an inspiration and one of the things that i love about you uh, maybe we'll touch a little bit on on our on our on the personal side if that's okay is that you're always open you know every time i've reached out to you you've never been snobbish you've always wanted to help and so i want to ask you something now about our culture we're both frankie and i are both from the assyrian community um and you know growing up in, in Western Sydney, around the corner from Frankie, you know, I was looked up to him. And so what advice do you have for, um, you know, young Assyrians out there listening to this, taking inspiration from your story and the amazing things that you're doing in terms of seeking help, reaching out to people that have more experience from them um, and, and, and how it helps? How, how, how have you done it and how has it helped you? Because I've just said how, that how it's helped me reaching out to you. Yeah, um, it's a good question, Peter. But uh, the, I think the first thing to do is just um, bear in mind, and this is a quote I think from Steve Jobs, is the world has been created by people no smarter than you and I. And, and don't be um, sort of um, manipulated by corporate um, uh, enticements to to join there and, and and pay this your mental your mental you know capacity to to a corporate to get some rent which mm. has been your your income right there's so much problems out there that you but you first need to be passionate about that you want to make a difference and the first thing to do is be more open to you know ex- go go traveling is amazing because it opens up your mind be tolerant to different cultures. You did a lot of traveling, yeah, right? I'll, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and it helps a lot. You know, you become much more tolerant with it. So being exposed to different point of views and actually challenges is important. But as a young person, this re- you know, we've got access to YouTube. We've got so much so much content that you know. But find something that you're passionate for first. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing is that. Always reach out. You'd be surprised that people are more than willing to offer some advice. In fact, they feel good about it because yeah. they look like they're giving back. So the, 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 some of the things I would say for the young people um, is that 
don't be um, enticed quickly to corporate gigs. You know, if you've got something to offer the world, um, believe me, you do have something so to offer. So backing yourself. You walked away from AMP, right? You walked it's away huge. from a corporate gig to an unknown. Yeah, I mean, it literally was a startup because uh, in my mum and dad, typical, you know, ethnic, say, yeah. you know, like that's right, history. that's right. Um, they're saying, why are you doing this? You, you've got a steady job. Even today, he goes, oh, you're traveling too much. You should go back to AMP. It's been, it's been like, you know, Six years now. You gotta two. just ignore seventy yeah. percent of the comments that hit you, right? Maybe more. Respect their views. Yeah. Try to explain why, you know, uh, and then just go for it. Um, and especially when you're young, it's your time now. Your time to learn mm. and burn. Because when you get into a corporate world, that's it. You're if you spend too much time in it, it's very hard to navigate unless you just things on the side. So um, have a clear purpose. Um, you know, like I, my, I, I talked about them making a difference. Have in your mind what that would look like. Find problems that you're passionate about. Even even start today, you know. The cost of actually setting up a business or even an idea, testing ID, is next. It's virtually free. That's right. It's virtually free. It just, it just, it's crossing that fear barrier and making sure that you're willing to invest the time and effort and, and be okay with looking like a fat. You said something important, that there's been a lot of failures um, but they're lessons, right? Failure is really, really good. Uh, I remember one thing I took away from our VC program in London was get to know quickly. No is actually good. No that's is better right. than yes. When somebody get tells you no, that's fantastic because you sit back and you say, well, there's something in that. They're teaching me a lesson. And there's a reason they're saying no for whatever I'm asking. Let me go back and fix that up, right? Yeah, that's great. What's the best way um, to reach out to people? So I I was fortunate in that I knew you. I had a personality where, you know, I had self-confidence, but for somebody that's sort of sitting there, doesn't have that network listening to this podcast that wants to reach out, would you say LinkedIn these days, email, Facebook, Insta, WhatsApp, what's the best ways for that, for that hey dude, um, you know, I want your advice on something. Not you personally, but if you were, you know, yeah, no, younger, how would you do it? We're so connected today. So there's no excuses for you not to leverage internet uh, and LinkedIn. Mm. I, I actually, you have to have a little bit of hustle. You have to, you have to break out of that mold and acknowledge that this is difficult. Acknowledge it that um, I, you know, say to yourself, it's it's awkward. Because imagine you're out there running an experiment. You have to talk to people about your idea and test your idea. It's kind of awkward. Yeah. But you got to get back through that. But yes, LinkedIn. But what I find also is. Go to meetups, you know, say, say there's a topic they're interested in, I don't know, um, scientific biology, right? Yep. Um, so you say, you know, I don't know nothing about it. I actually went through a couple of meetups and made interesting companies, but also interesting people. Yep. So you have to put yourself out there. So uh, you, you nailed it. In social media, in the internet has given us, empowered us to access people. You'd be surprised at the, the response. But I would say people are trying out is to have your profile LinkedIn up and running because if, like back at about what I said, it's not... It's not what you know, it's who knows what you know. And you have to actually start promoting or actually building a profile. Yep. Um, so invest time, it's, you know, it's free, LinkedIn. Even start now, even you're in high school, start now. Awesome. Well, we're about to wrap up, but I want to ask you um, perhaps one big question before we finish. Um, I know you're in business because you want to build a legacy. And I know that you're a very purpose-driven person. What's your aspiration for the business and so if you were to listen to this podcast in 10 years' time and come to this point, what does that look like? What's the purpose for the business and what would you love to achieve as a goal? Well, like any entrepreneur, the purpose of 
is to create is to sell <laughs> is to exit and create a new business yep. uh, and and use that and and basically it's kind of you feel it's, it's like it sounds like a selfish thing but think about it the more capital i have the more i can experiment and, and solve other new problems out there and, and so the idea has always been for me anyway is to grow the company um have a successful exit you know not not going to wait for we get there um and then use that money to go and search for new problems become a child again like anybody that's listening that is new i'm going to go back to zero again and start something new i might might necessarily start the thing from scratch i might invest in in companies but but essentially if i'd say my aspiration is to have enough to i can continue to solve bigger problems um and the only way is is you start with something small like you know like you're on link ivory yep. and, and and um but and the other thing is is i i would love for someone to listen to this even one person to make a difference in their life for them to actually say if i can if i can if he has done it i know you know frankie or i've heard of frankie like his background is kind of similar to mine yes you can the person listening to you right now yes you can um and so i just just give you an example why why just just changing your mind is important um even the word um entrepreneur did you yep. know in in a lot of, lot of latin america company uh countries the concept of the word entrepreneurship does not exist well wow. so uh, they know what businessman but but businessman is about selling a business model selling sh- um, you know selling um uh, watermelons yeah okay it's selling stuff selling a commodity right it's just selling or st- something exists yeah so if 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 you don't know that exists right if the word entrepreneur does how could you be it Mm. How could you be it? There's no concept in their culture. So there's no concept in it. exactly, and so yeah. you, you, your frame of thinking is automatically go to to corporate and work for somebody because I don't know anything better. That's right. And so a job is good, yeah. right? Yeah, go so get a job and just stay there for the rest of your life. And if you have ambition and if you have thoughts, don't worry about it. Yeah. So you know, um, li- find, go to meetups, find something that you're passionate about. Um, news linkedin of course but have a voice have um, you know start talking about what things so people know about you because if as as a recruiter as well put my recruiter hat on when i when we get applications coming in and um this is going back to working in a company but you also need experience if if you if that's something that's a good idea i look at people also that what they've contributed externally like they've done blogs or they've done a startup they've got a you know a github uh they've got a um you know some stuff they've done on the side mm. that's like so well, this guy is doing this, stuff this person this female is just as important as well um are doing stuff yeah, yeah. so they're um, trying yeah just give it a go uh, give it a go that's awesome man so from cabramatta humble beginnings to helping out coca-cola in atlanta to i'm sure much bigger um things to come congratulations on firstly um taking the initiative uh building a successful business um thank you very much for personally helping me um even though there's been a few times where we've caught up but it it has it has actually helped and um and thank you for your time today because it's awesome to sit down and do this so that as you said we can share to others and we can encourage others and if one person listens to this and and that sparks the next innovation that changes the world it'll all be worthwhile how do people find you frankie if somebody wants to get in touch i know you're a really accessible guy um is it linkedin is it what's your preferred uh, method uh, of connection yeah linkedin is the best one because you can you can just connect me quickly and also forces people to actually create a profile. Oh, that's right. So it benefits both people. That's right. So if you're if you're reaching 